gentlemen. Good morning. Good guys, morning. Guys, you know uh, Dwight Howard passed Paul Silas on the all-time rebounds list last night? Yeah. I did know that. Okay. So, you know, I was going through trying to think of, a, you know, a congratulatory picture or something. And uh, I got like five or six great pictures of Paul Silas when he was coaching the Bobcats, and they're all just face palm or double <laughs> face palm or just looking down and just disbelief. You should so, have sent uh, them to me. I would have put them uh, on. For the show. Well, I, I'm going to send you and everyone else to uh, our Instagram account, Locked On Hornets. Oh, that's and good. I'll, I'll, I'll have those scrolling this morning. Um, I hope Paul didn't take offense. I'm sure he's he still comes to the game, so I feel like he's well. He, well, he still, was there. He was there last night uh, after the game because, of course, his son yeah. was was uh, acting head coach Steve Clifford out ironic. for an illness. A bit ironic, right? That his son was coaching in the game when Dwight broke, uh, you know, passed him on the list. That's just isn't that crazy. Yeah, he said he said he joked with Dwight. I think maybe at, before the game or during the game that he was going to take him out if he got close to the record. <laughs> so <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I go to the White House. Alex in the chat, Daniel in the chat, quote in the chat on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. What up, Nest? How do you do? And Daniel saying, "Yeah, I got the uh, got the classic jersey on. Had to get the had to get the Kimba jersey. Some say you can't wear a jersey and be fair, but I'll say this: Look, Kimba Walker was one of eight from the line. I can or from the three point line. I can I can criticize. I can be fair and wear a classic jersey. Yeah, those things look good too. How does it feel, now? Did you, that is a, a Connect jersey, right, from Nike. So you can, like, take your smartphone, scan a barcode or something on yeah. the bottom of that thing, and it'll give yeah. you Kimba's stats or something from last night. I don't know about that, but it's, is that true? Well, that's, I'm telling you. That's I'm pretty neat. You, yeah. Yeah, there's this little thing here on it, and uh, yeah, apparently you scan it with your phone. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I would just, oh, like, yeah. I would just, I like to wear my clothing. I don't need to be constantly um, connected into the Matrix by my attire. Well, okay. Wait, have fun with it. <laughs> Alex saying, yeah, Kimba made those free throws, though. That's right. And you can find out more about that with Nike Connect. Just use your iPhone. You probably could. All right, let's start the show. Nike's not a brand or a sponsor of ours, guys. We don't have to. Not yet. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Uh, in a minute, cuz. We lie. We lie. We lie. Oh, Nike certainly won't be a sponsor now. <laughs> Nick just blew them up. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets. And the NBA, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcast on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Knight Residential Group. Visit knightresidentialgroup.com today to find out how they can help you with uh, your home renovation, maybe your custom-built home. They are the name in home construction here in Charlotte. So knightresidentialgroup.com plus 
You can check out uh, our t-shirts and mugs and other merchandise on tpublic.com. Just search Locked On Hornets and you can get one of these sweet tees. The Fraser Buzz City shirt, the Buzzamania shirt. We've got a an NBA Jam shirt up on there as well. So check those out, tpublic.com. Search for Locked On Hornets. All right, this is going to be a fun show because we get to talk about a Hornets victory. They get off the schneid with a win over the Orlando Magic. Let's kick things off with a little box score boogie. The Hornets haven't been able to create magic lately, so last night they decided to steal it. I'm Doug Branson, and these are the numbers you need to know from last night's game. It's time for the box score boogie. Let's start with lucky number 13. 13 steals on the night for the Hornets double their team average. Every player that played finished with at least one steal. You get a steal, and you get a steal. Everyone gets a steal. The team's ball pressure was turned up to 11. They were jumping passing lanes and making life very difficult on Orlando, who finished the game with 20 turnovers. Associate head coach Steven Silas stepping in for Steve Clifford. How did you feel about your team's defensive performance? I was excited to see those guys kind of get after it defensively, because that's our identity and you know coach cliff is always harping on our defensive intensity and when we had it tonight next up the number 40 no that's not how many jump shots dwight howard has hit over the past few games it's the number of hornets free throw attempts the hornets shot 33 of 40 from the line kimball walker was a perfect 14 of 14 it helped blunt their abysmal 17.6 percent shooting from beyond the arc it's a hornets win so we are going to end on cloud nine well 29 That's the number of points Kimball Walker had in his return after missing two games with a shoulder injury. His energy leaked into the team's defensive intensity, and he was able to help the Hornets close with seven points and three assists. Kimba said after the game that when he's out, things are different, and when he's back, things change. You know, my team goes as I go, and, you know, when I'm out there and know enjoying the game and having fun and, and I'm intense and you know I'm in the game I mean my teammates follow. Hornets win 104 to 94 they will host the Warriors on Wednesday night for more box score boogie subscribe to the Locked On Hornets podcast on iTunes Stitcher Overcast whatever you use to get your podcast just search Locked On Hornets. All right, guys, that's the story. Kimba Walker, 29 points in this one, seven assists as well, seven of 16 shooting, 14 of 14 from the line. Uh, David, how important was Kimba Walker's return to this uh, Hornets win? You said it, Doug. It's all different when, when Kimba plays. I mean, he just made some of those plays down the stretch that, you know, sealed the game for him. I mean, I thought he got to the line early and often. I mean, especially earlier to kind of get in the rhythm because he didn't start off too hot from the field was able to work his way back into the flow of the game. It's just Kimba is a uh, obviously the leader of the team. And as he said it, as, as he goes, so goes that team. So another big night for him. It's, it's becoming more and more regular, I think. It's like you look up and he's got 29 points. It wasn't like it was a super quiet 29 points, but it wasn't like a, a Kimba explosion. And I think all those points from the line probably played into that. But, man, certainly good to get him back at the right time. Nick, 13 steals, uh, 20 turnovers for the Orlando Magic. Uh, how much of that was Orlando's carelessness with the basketball, and how much of that was the Hornets' defense uh, turning up the intensity? Well, uh, one thing Silas said in post game was he wanted to see them, you know, amp up their defensive intensity a little bit or their ball pressure specifically. Um, so, it, you know, he it didn't sound like he was too overall. I mean, like, there's still, still some things to work out, but. You know, that ball pressure certainly led to some of those turnovers, I think. Um, 
you know, I didn't see necessarily any just blatantly errant passes by Orlando. Things just kind of, I mean, you saw guys like Frank Kaminsky just stealing things and going coast to coast for a slam dunk. I mean, that's that happened a couple of times with a couple of different players. So those are things that, that show that they were definitely trying to um, force turnovers, and it certainly worked last night. All right, Steven Silas in at head coach for Steve Clifford due to an illness. Uh, didn't have a lot of time to prepare to coach this game because he found out about it uh, yesterday morning and then had to immediately go to work to do the things that uh, you would have to do as a head coach as opposed to an associate head coach. But, David, what did you think about Silas's performance on the sideline? Stay out of the way. <laughs> he didn't get a technical. There was some going around last night. Um, it sounded like it was a pretty long day for him, which, which makes sense. You know, that's, that's a big step, uh, up in responsibility, but he let the guys play. I thought, um, kept his rotation pretty tight which was, I thought to be expected. Um, didn't see any Malik Monk, which of course sent up the red flags for a lot of people on Twitter during and throughout the game. But once you got Kimba back in there, that certainly made his job a lot easier. I mean, it would have been another thing if Kimba had not been in there. So I'm sure when Kimba told him that he was going to play full force last night, that was that was a big weight off his shoulders. But, you know, Silas has, I think, coached a couple games here and there and is certainly respected around the league. So he stepped in and did a good job. And I guess a good coach in Frank Vogel. And it just wasn't the Magic's night last night. So, uh, yeah, good for Silas. I want to take a quick second to tell you about Knight Residential Group. They are an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction, brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, the Knight Residential Group can have it done for you. With a combined 165 years of construction experience, Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you're going to have a pleasant customer experience and you're going to end up with a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom home project to just any construction company. You have to use the group that we trust. Give them a call at 704-733-9566. That's 704-733-9566 or visit knightresidentialgroup.com. That's Knight with a K. Join so many other current homeowners here in the Charlotte area and allow Knight Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. They sponsor the show, so let's help them out as well. Nightresidentialgroup.com. You mentioned the the technicals, David. This game got chippy at times. Yeah. I've got this uh I've got this Cody Zeller Mo Spates kerfuffle queued up. Yeah. And it started with a Cody Zeller dunk on Spades, a little contact there. And then Frank gets another dunk, and Spades gives Cody a shove in the back and then a shove in the chest for good measure. And the thing with Cody Zeller is, yes, he gets under player's skin. Like, we know that. He did this uh, to Dwight Howard as well, famously, last season. Got him ejected from the game. Most Spades only picking up a technical or a flagrant one. Ended up being two shots for Cody and the ball. Zeller knocking both of those down. Critical moment late in the game. But Zeller not only gets under player's skin, but you can see there in that video, or if you watched it last night, he doesn't react either. He, he, you know, he doesn't do anything that would let the referee call a double technical, you know, no, he just gets, he just gets two hands shoved to the ground, <laughs> like two hand, two most spades hands. I mean, it works to the ground, man. They looked, the whole team looked terrified of most spades in the, in the possessions leading up to that for good reason. I mean, if he's going to just, just straight up just face 
punch it. I mean, that thing was right to the chest. It did come out of nowhere. The camera actually had to go back and catch it, which I was surprised they went back and showed it, Doug, because on the TV, I think it was coming into a timeout, right? I think there was a stoppage in play. And uh, you saw the crowd go crazy behind the bench. And, you know, Frank kind of run back into the into the, into the the playing area and try and step in. But, I mean, Spates had, had just about enough, I guess. I, I like that Spates tried to uh, dunk on Zeller, like the next possession down. Yeah. Some, and, and just didn't quite have the lift. And, no. Um, <laughs> and the bench reaction. I, I mean, they even caught the bench reaction to that later. And it's just, you can all tell, like, they all knew Cody. It's almost like they knew Cody would had done exactly what Cody had, you know, intended to do, and, it, and none of it, none of it worked in Spade's favor. He is a he is a psychological warrior. And look, the Hornets were playing, especially the starting unit was playing very confidently last night. You had this play there with Dwight Howard shaking and baking, crossing up Nikola Vucevic. You don't expect to see Dwight Howard out here breaking ankles, but he puts Vucevic on the floor and then with the flush. And the the funniest part that you don't see in this video, and if you're listening, you don't see anything, but if you were, if you were at the game, you may have noticed when Dwight ran back down on the other end of the floor, he did like a, he did like a shimmy into a, um, a uh, what do you call it? An imitation of Vucevic. So he was like, uh, <laughs> like he is. Howard did. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that you can say for Dwight Howard is that he is a showman. I mean, whenever whenever he makes a, a, a nice play, hits one of these jump shots that he's hitting, all of a sudden he gives a little kiss to the crowd. He mm-hmm. he does the imitations. I mean, you can finger roll. How about the finger roll th- early on when he just left his hand up there? Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, he he's putting on a show for the and, and that's the thing. He I think he really loves the home crowd, and you can see it in the stats. I mean, he's playing a lot better at home uh, than he is on the road right now, and and I think that's part of it. I think he's. He's a showman, and he likes to show off for the home crowd. So they're going to need him to translate that on the road if they want to be successful in the future. Uh, But it's nice to see from him uh, in Spectrum Center in Charlotte. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to know from this game is how the Hornets responded out of timeouts. I thought they did a really good job of uh, calming things down after the Orlando Magic went on an 11-2, I think believe it was 11-2, to run at the beginning of the mm-hmm. second quarter, and then at the end of the third, the Magic go on an 11-1 to run to pull things within one uh, going into the fourth quarter. So in the first one, they called a timeout, and, and they came out and responded, I believe, with a 12-point run of their own. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, Stephen Silas uh, t- uh, said after the game that he told the players, look, we're, we're still in the lead. You know, he said the players had their heads down, were a little down on themselves, and and he basically said, look, we're still winning the game. It's okay. Go back out there. Play like, you know, it doesn't matter what the situation is. You have to keep your intensity up. Uh, Frank Kaminsky mentioning Silas's leadership as well. Uh, so I, I think this is, you know, a, a great game for, for Silas to get some head coaching experience. You know, this is not his first head coaching experience. He actually uh, took the took the reins during the 7-59 and 59 season, that infamous Bobcats year uh, uh, where things. Yeah, yeah they, they asked him about that last night, and he was like, because they were like, He's not, what's your record, right? And he said, not good. <laughs> right. Hey, isn't his specialty like isn't his thing the inbounds play? Does, or did I did I imagine that? Wasn't he like the inbounds guru at one point for this for this team? Or well, is that something I just made up in my head? That no, I, I unfortunately it's not, David. You you are living in reality. Uh, uh, according to Clifford, a lot of those inbounds plays are drawn up by 
the the assistance, which is something yeah. I, I don't think that you would think. Like you would think that the 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 head coach sort of has at least some say in that, um, but that's that's one thing that he leaves to the to the assistants. So uh, Stricker and um, and Delaney, Pat Delaney, and then of course Stephen Silas. And apparent, but rotation's not something that he leaves leaves to the assistants, and that's one thing that Silas mentioned before the game that that was a big difference from from associate head coach to head coach, is that he was fully in charge of the rotations for the Charlotte Hornets, and you could see it in this game. It was very the rotations were were what you would expect if the team was fully healthy and running on all cylinders and playing a team that didn't present a matchup problem like a Cleveland or a Golden State. I mean, if you look at the rotations, it was uh, starters until three minutes into the first quarter, three minutes left in the first quarter. Then you go with your bench, you, you end with your starters at the half and then come out with your starters and at the beginning of the second half and then and then close with them. So pretty basic stuff from from Steven Silas stuck with what he knew and got the win. Absolutely. Good to see. Good to see. A much needed win. Like we can talk about the quality of it if you guys want, we can. Uh, but they just needed a win and they got it. It, it. it was in doubt. I mean, were you guys getting nervous as the game <laughs> went on and, and it was still seven? Five, six, seven, eight points. I mean, that's what we've seen, and they haven't been able to close anything out. Here's what I would say. Here's what worries me a little bit about this game as as I look towards the future. It's that you know they don't shoot the ball well from beyond the arc at all. Seventeen, a little above seventeen percent. They don't shoot a lot of three pointers. They're trying to shoot more. You know, they want. Steve Clifford has voiced his concerns about that, wanting the team to shoot more threes. Instead. They attempt uh, uh, 40 shots from the line that sort of buttresses their offense. That's not sustainable. You need three-point shots to survive against high-powered offenses, against teams that execute well offensively, and the Hornets are not doing it right now. So that concerns me. I think they did what was necessary to get a win, a much-needed win. They really need three out of these you know, four home games that they have. Mm-hmm. and But but it, is it sustainable? That's a big question mark. Well, they I mean, are the, aren't they like near the top and attempted free throws per game? So I yeah. mean, it's not like they don't like they, they 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 attempt a lot of free throws most games and i know some of these are dwight's but he's starting to hit more so i mean i i i, I agree they need to take more three point they need to t- take and make more three pointers but um uh, it's not as if this is a this is a, a quality of this team that's it's not like that they're going to attack the hoop kemba's going to draw a lot of fouls dwight's going to draw some i mean so you know let's not let's not act like it wasn't a anomaly but i do yeah but i agree like if they're going to keep pace with golden state on wednesday even without curry they have to they have to be able to knock down some from the perimeter yeah they're 20th in offensive rating 23rd in three-point attempts and 26th in effective field goal percentage i mean those numbers are related if this all again their their problem is on the defensive end in terms of consistency and intensity but at the same time, if they want to, you know, get to a you know level where they are contending, you know, for a playoff spot, and then you know later on for a first round victory, then they have to get this offense moving in a direction that one would consider modern. I mean, this offense right yeah. now is kind of stuck in the 1990s. A lot well, of mid range yeah. shots, a lot of free throws. And Kimba missed. I think Kimba took eight threes last night, only made one. So that's not going to be the case every night. That's going to be the bottom of the barrel, I think, as far as like three-point shots go for the team. I mean, I can't remember 
hitting three. You, you can't often see a team hit three three-pointers in a game and, and come out winning. I mean, the difference last night was the 20 turnovers they forced, which is their brand. That led to 29 Charlotte points. And then the free throws was the major disparity, 33 of 40 for Charlotte. I mean, 40 free throw attempts. Orlando only made 12 of 14. So, I mean, that that's where the game was won. Uh, everything else was, was kind of even. If you if you look across the box score, that was the big separator for them. They also kept kept uh, Vucevic in check with only ten points. So certainly that was big. But um, we know that's how they're going to win. But certainly they have to find a way to generate a few more three point shots, and I, I think they will. I mean, that's going to be the lower end of, of where they end up. I think. Listen, I know some people are listening right now and saying uh, you want to integrate more three point shots. How about playing oh, yeah. Malik Monk? Who is yeah, a I, who is a three point specialist? And you you had Michael Carter Williams go one of five in this game, two points. He should, not shoot, he should not shoot threes. MCW should not shoot threes. You're making that is that wait? Let's hold on, hold on. So Michael Carter Williams is obviously in a. We'll feed this through the hot take machine. So Michael Carter Williams is obviously in a in a shooting slump right now, uh, not playing whoa, well, whoa, whoa, not whoa. playing well okay. offensively. So David, you're going to handle the hot take, okay? Just to, uh, calm down. Let me run it through the machine. Um, but, but you have Kaminsky and lamb playing consistent offense right now for the bench. So, so it might be okay. All right, let's feed that through the hot take machine. Michael Carter Williams should never attempt another field goal on the floor for this team. That was good. Brutal, man. Like, it's not. That's a sick burn. That's a sick burn. I mean, I I like what he's bringing on defense and and, and spots, but like, this is, I don't, you can't call this a slump. I mean, this is kind of what he is. I mean, uh, the the clear out at the end of one of those quarters where. Where he cleared out and just bowled over DJ Augustine for the charge. That wasn't great either. So I don't know how he's ending up with the ball in his hands in some of these situations. But you mentioned those two other guys. Those have got to be the guys that shoot and when that lineup's out there. And when Batum's out there with him, he's got to be the other guy. This is Locked on Hornets. What is going on out there with Malik Monk on the defensive end? I think you're being a little too harsh on him, to be honest with you. I'm sorry, David. I'm just, I'm trying to be honest about what I saw. I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh. He's not going to turn into a defensive lockdown defender overnight. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. So, uh, Nick, you started a new article series on LockedOnHornets.com called Buzzworthy. Uh, you're going to be getting everyone caught up on the news that they need to know around the Charlotte Hornets past, present, and future. Uh, let's check out what you've uh, been doing in a segment that we've called. If you've been listening for a while, you know this segment. We're, we're calling it What's Happening Around the Hornets. So the Washington Post published a piece ranking all 30 NBA teams into tiers 1 through 8. Tier 8 represented teams already looking to next June's NBA draft, while Tier 1 comprises the current title favorites, Golden State, of course, in there, and Cleveland as well. Where do the Hornets rank? Well, they rank Tier 6. Here's what Washington Post columnist Tim Bontemps had to say. 
quote, four Eastern Conference teams performing outside of their preseason expectations. Two have been better than expected, Indiana and New York. The other two have been worse, Miami and Charlotte. It still seems as though the Heat and Hornets will wind up with better records, assuming early injury issues for Kimba Walker, Nick Batum, and Hassan Whiteside eventually subside. But until either begins to surge forward or the Pacers and Knicks sustain what they've done, they will remain bunched together. Nick, do you think that's a fair placement, Tier 6, for the Hornets? I mean, the, the you look at the tiers kind of below them and above them, it's, it seems just kind of a fitting place. These are, I mean, all, you know, all four of these teams in, in, six, in tier six have a consistency of, you know, performing unexpectedly one way or another. And I think New York and Indiana are teams that the Hornets are basically chasing and want to um, get over. And it's going to take you know, obviously more consistency on their end. You know, they got to get healthy. They got to start winning some games and they're going to have to win those matchups too. And I know in the past they've played pretty well against, you know, Indiana and played okay against New York, but it's going to be very important um, that they win those matchups, you know, in the coming months or, you know, if, if we're talking again, if we're talking a lower playoff seat, it could come down to just some head to head matchups and, you know, how they perform ultimately down the um, end of the stretch. Yeah, you know, David, uh, Nick Batum's offense is not very good right now. And after the game, he said that his elbow is still bothering him, which is preventing him from taking the amount of shots uh, that he would like to take. But, I mean, eventually, time's going to run out for the Hornets, and they need Nick Batum to be playing well offensively, right? Of course. Yeah, I mean, he's one of their main guys. They're asking a lot of uh, them. That makes sense, I mean, that his – elbow is still bothering him. You had to think it was, but you're right. If he's in there and he's playing, he's able to do other things, of course, but he's got to get that shot going, Doug. I mean, Kimball Walker was able to give him 29 last night, but they've got to have someone else, especially in some of these late game situations. And he's had those opportunities. He had them against Miami uh, without Kimba, had a late game three that didn't go down and he's going to keep having them. So he's got to take advantage and look, I mean, he was way off on a couple of late game, fadeaways last night too i mean i think he airballed one barely grazed the rim on another so he's definitely struggling to find his rhythm they just got to do all they can to keep him in one piece and and get some contributions out of him because if you got lamb and kaminsky continuing to add points off the bench that's good but they're going to need some nick batum contributions all right, next up, NBA writer Sirat Sohi profiled Jeremy Lamb for SB Nation. So he spoke with Lamb, Steve Clifford, and Stephen Silas on Lamb's improvement the past couple of seasons. All three pointed to the increased work ethic of Lamb, particularly this past season. Along with working harder, Lamb credits changes in his routine and diet, saying, quote, I tried to start being in bed at a reasonable time and get a good night's rest rather than staying up all night. Just trying to eat right. I'm still not 100% healthy when I'm eating, but I try to eat more salmon, grilled chicken, eat more vegetables, and more fruit. I'm expecting like a lamb after-school special now, Nick. I mean, or maybe selling diet plans. Let's go on the lamb diet. Look, this is this is like you could pretty much try and you, you could quote me on this and it would it would apply or not, not as much, but like I, I completely understand where lamb is coming from. Like when you get to a certain age, you realize you just can't eat like the junk that you've eaten your entire life 
And, you know, if you don't kind of start changing your diet a little bit, you know, you're going to, you start slowing down. And I mean, and this is, you know, and so it's the same, whether you're a professional athlete or just a guy talking on a podcast. So um, exactly. We would, we would qualify in the latter category. (laughs) Um, So no, it's good because like, these are like a lot of young players don't like it, it, it takes some convincing, you know, like, like I remember, um, Cody Zeller is rookie season did like a rookie diary for NBA.com. And like he opened his fridge in his new apartment and it was freezer and it was just pe- frozen pizzas. And he's like, Oh my, uh, he's like, my doctor is not going to like that. And it's like, but that's like, they don't, it just takes time for them to, to realize that, you know? So, um, no, it, it, it makes subtle differences. And, 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 you know, I think lamb is seeing it pay off more nights now, you know, because he's, he's playing well, he seems to have more energy. He's stronger. Um, so yeah, I mean, just just doing the little things and continuing to work hard can can obviously make such a difference. And uh, it's showing on the court. I mean, he's been playing consistently. There has been less variability in terms of his scoring. And uh, last night he only had, I think he only had one assist. Yeah, one assist last night. But he has been moving the ball a lot better. And and honestly, the bench's ability to run the offense through Jeremy Lamb and through Frank Kaminsky has helped them uh, even though they're not getting a lot of production out of their backup point guard uh, position you are listening to the locked on hornets podcast david the show's barely been on how are these injuries going to affect the hornets ability to beat the miami heat i'm gonna go get some more buttermilk while you talk about it (laughs) get more hornets analysis on lockedonhornets.com All right, let's end things on a fun note. How about some sounds from the game? It's time for another edition of Top Drops, brought to you by At Hornets Gifts. I'm going to play you two gentlemen some sounds from the game at the end. You are going to give me your pick, and then we are going to take it to the people, and then we'll announce the Top Drop tomorrow on Play Draft Wednesday. All right, here we go. Let's go. That's his bread and butter right there. I understand Dwight Howard is a very strong man. Very strong man. (laughs) I love squares. (laughs) Everything is better with bacon. Like they were doing a French impression. Bad French impression. A couple of beauties right there. Oh! Oh! How about we start calling him the Kissing Bandit? What? <laughs> <laughs> you guys watch the game from home. What the hell is he talking about? I have no idea. He's been the No, I agree. That was from the Cody Zeller sock puppet deal that he does. These produ- these Cody Zeller sock productions are masterworks of the Charlotte Hornets media team. Fantastic. No, I agree. Mm, another guy with muscles uh, virtually everywhere. Yikes. Muscles virtually everywhere. See, Eric Collins is more like old Tommy. All these... From from Boston, then we know, but he doesn't get the attention. 
Mm, another guy with muscles uh, virtually everywhere. Yeah. All these are last night? No. These are from these oh, are from God. the entire season. Like, man. Can't okay. contain all of that in one night. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. What's your, what, what was your favorite? God, that last one was pretty good. Mm, another guy with muscles uh, virtually everywhere. My favorite is the compilation of just oh 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 oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know one right. one that didn't make it was um, Eric Collins' joke against into, uh, against Toronto, where he said uh, he said you know CJ Miles this is his first year in Toronto. Uh, but up here they call them uh, CJ kilometers. Go! <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. All right, so uh, David, yours is. Oh! 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 And Nick, you've picked <laughs> mm, another guy with muscles uh, virtually everywhere. All right, we'll put this up on the poll after the show. You can vote on your favorites. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. And let's take a few comments from the chat before we get out of here. Uh, Daniel saying that uh, Bacon playing over Monk for defensive purposes makes sense. Bacon has regressed, though, offensively and doesn't look great on that end of the floor. Uh, So why not play Trevion Graham over Bacon? And let's see. We've got Walker saying with MCW and Lamb, you'd think they'd have enough length and defense for Monk to get some minutes. But I don't expect it anytime soon. Yeah, any thoughts on Monk's a future with this rotation, Nick. Uh, so, go ahead, Nick. I think with, I think the point of Bacon is, is 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 good. He hasn't really. I mean, he's been doing fine, I guess, defensively. We haven't noticed any errors, so I mean, that's something. Um, but yeah, he hasn't really been doing anything on offense, and I, you know, I'd kind of much rather Monk attempting some ill-advised shots early in the shot clock than MCW doing what he's been, I guess, trying to do offensively. I know it hasn't been like neither are great, but I mean, we know Monk's potential on the offensive end. The other point about you know, with I mean, you can play. I mean, you know, MCW Lamb Monk, you know, like like the commenter said, there's two guys with some length there. Um, just. You know, just try it out. It's not like Bacon is, is making that big of an impact right now. Yeah, I, I putting a Monk into that lineup, that second unit, is is just scary because we've seen what it does on defense. My new thing for Monk is put him with the starters. Let's see him play with the best group available and see what he does, especially beside Kimball Walker where he has less of a ball handler's responsibility and see if he can just get some shots off. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of it, but – might as well give him some run there. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that because we know what the option is with him on the second team. It's just you add him into to that group that's already out there, and it's tough to stop anybody as it is. Um, at least MCW can control the flow of things a little bit better and provide some defensive pressure up front. I mean, none of these are great options, let's be honest. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that happening, David. I, because who do you replace in that, in that scenario? Do you go Monk Batum or do you go Monk Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Either one. Either one, man. Was, <laughs> you can slide between to the three. You, you, you have an there. answer. You don't have the answers. There's a case to, I mean, I think there's an increasing case to just, to maybe just throw Batum with the second unit. I'm not, you know, yes. this is a, it's not really a demotion. I just think like, you know, let's, let's try a different option. Lamb is obviously, he's, I think statistically he's scoring a lot. Not little, a demotion. 
Like, no, it's not. I mean, like, look, you know, this is a... You sound like the boss at, at, at a, just, you know, a, a corporation saying, listen, this is a, this is not a, this is not a demotion. This is a, this is a move for the health of your career. It's the same, if you play the same amount of minutes, be starting with the bench, okay, it lets Lamb kind of get some early shots off. He's been playing better statistically, like his shooting percentage-wise as a starter, especially from the three-point line. Um, you guys are cracking. You guys are ready to tip the apple crate over. No, it's not, but you got to try something. I mean, is, right. are they on some kind of hot streak that, that you don't want to mess anything up at this point? I mean, you've got different options to look at. I, I don't think it's going to happen either. But, I mean, what's the harm in a couple minutes here or there with either one of these combinations at this we, point? Because you said it yourself, what happened last night is not sustainable. They haven't seen any consistent, you know, play from hardly anybody at all. Um, you know, a couple new looks, I don't think it's going to mess anything up even worse. We talk about Batum's importance with the second unit. I mean, when he when he slides in there kind of, you know, early in the second quarter sometimes, I mean, why don't you just kind of roll with it from the start and see how it works? This could be an Andre Iguodala situation where, you know, he just has placed much more effectively with that unit. And I know it seems crazy to, to throw him there considering how much he's getting paid and everything like that, but he needs time, you know, like he needs he needs more time to get that 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 pain in his elbow to subside to get more comfortable out there. Um, just try something different. Interesting thoughts from the panel. Let us know what you think on Twitter at LockedOnHornets.com. That'll do it for us here on this edition of Locked On don't Hornets. Don't patronize us. Don't, don't patronize us, Doug. What? Your interesting thoughts. They, they're very, they're very interesting. They're very they have, interesting. <laughs> they have no shot of actually occurring in in on this world on Earth One, maybe on Earth Two. Oh my God! Uh, but sure listen, no, because so right now. no, because honestly, like I think that they bet on on a group of veterans, a core of veterans, and then they add Dwight Howard yeah. to that, and they're going to ride with that. Now, whether you like that or not. I, I think it would be much different if if Malik Monk. I would be totally on board with trying something different if Malik Monk was was resembled anything like a two way player. He will. I think he could at some point if he commits to learning how to play defense in the NBA. Uh, commits to getting stronger next off season. But this is just a situation where you're going to have to be patient with Malik Monk's career at this point. It's not going. It's not a Donovan Mitchell situation. Uh, it's not a Ben Simmons type of situation. He fell to the 11th spot, and I think we're finding out why that happened. And but I, I, I think patience is what you have to have. Not throw him in the water and and you know throw him to the sharks in the first unit. I, I don't think that's the answer at all. Well, not permanently. I mean, geez, I'm just saying. Let's let's, let's it, it would be an option to, to look at. I'm just that would give him the best chance to succeed because having him play point is, is that's not the answer. All right, I listen. We're going. We we disagree about this, and maybe things will change. And if they do, if they lose, if they drop games. You know, I think they're certainly going to drop this game against Golden State unless Golden State decides to rest some more starters. We'll preview that game tomorrow, uh, but in the absence of Steph Curry. Uh, but if they drop games to Chicago and Los Angeles, then yeah, maybe it's try- time to try anything. But I don't think they're quite at that critical stage of the season yet where, uh, it, you know, once they start to dip down into seven, tier seven or tier eight, then, yeah. then panic will start to set in, but there's still plenty of time uh, to turn things around. All right, we got to get out of here. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. For David and Nick, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.